The homily for the second Sunday after Epiphany. The epistle is taken from the Apostle St. Paul to the Romans. Brethren, having different gifts according to the grace that is given us, either prophecy to be used according to the rule of faith, or ministry in ministering, or he that teacheth in doctrine, he that exhorteth in exhorting, he that giveth with simplicity, he that ruleth with carefulness, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, hating that which is evil, cleaving to what is good, loving one another with the charity of brotherhood, with honor preventing one another, in carefulness not slothful, in spirit fervent serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, instant in prayer, communicating to the necessities of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Bless them that persecute you, bless and curse not, Rejoice with them that rejoice, weep with them that weep, being of one mind, one towards another, not minding high things, but consenting to the humble. For the Gospel we read from the continuation of the Gospel according to St. John. At that time there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited, and his disciples, to the marriage. And the wine failing, the mother of Jesus saith to him, they have no wine. And Jesus saith to her, Woman, what is that to me and to thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith to the waiters, Whatsoever he shall say to you, do ye. Now there were said there some six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three measures apiece. Jesus saith to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And Jesus saith to them, Draw out now and carry to the chief steward of the feast. And they carried it. And when the chief steward had tasted the water made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the waiters knew who had drawn the water, the chief steward calleth the bridegroom, and saith to him, Every man at first setteth forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear friends, today for the recording of the sermon, I would like to speak a little bit from the heart, and commenting on the epistle and the gospel, especially in the gospel, we will talk about devotion to our Blessed Mother. When it comes to the epistle, the epistle itself, almost each verse of it, would be enough to have a sermon on it. And it's a program. It's a program on how we ought to deal with one another, both in our family, but also is very useful to know how we ought to deal with one another in our parish. Of course, I speak to every parish in general, because this is a term, uh, a program, that applies to everyone. First, St. Paul is telling us something that we could summarize where he, where he goes saying, if you have prophecy, apply it according to the rule of faith. If you have the gift of ministry, then use it. If you have the gift of teach, then go and teach. If you have the gift to exhort other people to goodness, then go ahead and do it. What he's saying there is this. God has given each and every one of us something to contribute to the rest. To some he has given the gift of teaching, to others he has given the gift of exhorting, meaning of getting people around and getting them to work and do good things. 
To others, he has given the gift of simply giving of them time, of their selves. To others, he has given the gift of ruling, meaning of, of taking command of projects, of taking command of things and trying to administer them. It is important that both in a parish and in our family, we, are, we use of these gifts and we take advantage of them according to God's will and for God's greater glory and for the salvation of other people. From this, we learn two things. One is that not everyone has those gifts. We shouldn't feel bad if I don't have the gift of ruling or if I don't have the gift of exhorting or if I cannot teach I must have some other gift. That is the one that I must exploit. That is the one that I must put in service of others. And I should be more than willing to listen, to help, to abide by those who have the other gifts. And so if there is someone that has the gift of ruling, then I should go and help him and let him rule. If there is someone that has the gift of teaching, I should not be envious and let him teach or let her teach. While perhaps my gift is cleaning up the parish. Perhaps my gift might be to fix up the cars. Perhaps my gift is simply to be humble and to help wherever I'm needed. That is what God has given me and that is what I should do. And then St. Paul comes and says, let love be without dissimulation, hating that which is evil and cleaving to what is good. It is very important for us when we have to deal with other people whether it be in a parish, whether it be in the job, whether it be in my family. To love without dissimulation, that means to say, to refrain not only from speaking evil against other people, not only from not doing evil to other people, but even refraining from thinking evil of other people. I should not judge in my mind whether if so-and-so is better or worse than myself, or whether if so-and-so is more pious or not, or any of those things. Sometimes I do have to act upon the actions of other people to stop them from doing them or, or to encourage them to do better. But I should never judge and say he's worse or he's better than me. That is something that we should leave to God. If I don't judge others, then I will be able to love them. And then my love to other people will be without dissimulation, as the apostle would have us do. I would like to say something else before we move on to the gospel. And it is that part where the apostle tells us, in carefulness, carefulness not slothful, in spirit fervent, serving the Lord. My friends, more often than not, we come to Mass on Sundays and we leave the church on Sundays as if we were going to some kind of a service or a place where I am bound to receive the service and not to give anything back. And people might say, well, I give money, I give my alms. But that is not enough, because a parish is supposed to be a family. Now, there must be a certain distance that is true between parishioners, because we're human beings in the end, and spending too much time together might eventually lead to some conflict. But at least to a certain extent, we need to be involved with one another, we need to help, especially in the parish, in the church. I am thankful that I have always experienced the faithful being very helpful, and I've always experienced the faithful being very attentive and, and very much involved in the parish, 
But nevertheless, it is important to say these things for the young generations and for other parishes and for everywhere where we go, there might be someone that has never thought of this, that I could get more involved, that I could do something to help, that I could do something else for God other than coming to Mass on Sundays. As St. Paul is telling us, to not be slothful, but to be fervent about serving the Lord. To be servant about what else can I do? When we do this, the best way to volunteer for such things is always to do it with obedience and humility. There is no use if I come to volunteer to the parish to say I want to volunteer in putting speakers that I want to buy and put in the parish. Well, no one has asked for that. It's not necessary. The priest maybe doesn't want them. No, we shouldn't volunteer for things that we want to do. We should volunteer for what is needed. We should volunteer our time, our efforts, but then leave the decision of what we're good to do to the priest, to those who are in charge, to those who have command of, of whatever activity we're helping with. That is volunteering with humility. That is volunteering with obedience. And that is what we read here in the epistle where St. Paul says that we ought to prevent with honor one another, meaning we ought to be humble and give honor and command and leadership to others and not take it unless it is demanded of us that we take it. But rather, when we volunteer to the parish, to do it with a spirit of obedience and humility. When we do this, we find great harmony, not only in the parish, but also in the, church, in, in the family. And also in our work, in our workplace, we can put these things in practice to a certain extent. So from this epistle of St. Paul, you read, this program, this social program that is given to Catholics. Let me now very briefly, my dear friends, pass to speak about the gospel itself. Before I speak about the intercession of our Blessed Mother, we need to understand something that will be a background for everything else that I will say. And I'll say it as simply as possible. Religion is the most important thing in your life. There is nothing in your life that is more important than religion, than the practice of religion. If you're wealthy and you lose your religion, everything is for nothing. If you're very good looking and you don't have the practice of religion, you will lose that and then you will lose everything else eternally. If you're very popular and you have lots of friends, and people love you, but you don't have religion, everything else will be lost. Religion is what determines your eternity. If you know religion, if you practice your religion, that is going to determine whether if you're happy for all time or whether if you're miserable for all time. Religion is the most important thing in your life. Nothing is more important than that. Knowing this, my dear friends, we can understand the gospel better today because religion, basically what it is, is our relationship with God and our relationship with God is one of love. And that is why marriage, marriage itself and this gospel is nothing but a figure of our relationship with God, which is indeed a spiritual marriage. And at the end of your life then, according to what we have been saying, nothing will be more important to you than whether if you love God or not, whether if you had a relationship with God or not. At the end of your life, this will determine your whole eternity, whether if you will be for all eternity praising God and loving God, 
or for all, for all eternity blaspheming God and hating him, which would be the greatest misery that could befall upon us. My dear friends, love of God then is the most important thing. It is what you need. It is what you should worry about, whether if God is in your thought, in your mind, whether if God is the reason why you make your decisions, whether if God is the person that you want to please the most. But most of us, I think, or many of us at least, would be afraid when we look back into our souls, whether if we ask ourselves, do I have love of God or not? That is the figure that we read today in the gospel when we say that, when we read that our Blessed Mother said, they have no wine. We could take the wine to be the figure of the love of God in our souls. And for many of us, perhaps, we would be forced to look into our hearts and say to ourselves, I have no wine, I have not love of God, or I have very little, I almost run out. My dear friends, see here how is the intercession of our Blessed Mother, because before the people in the marriage figured out that they didn't have any wine, she had already noticed it. And the same thing happens in our soul. Many of us have perhaps never asked ourselves these questions, how much do I love God? But she has. Many of us have never been concerned in whether if we love God or not, she has. The Virgin Mary is more concerned of your own salvation than you yourself are, because she knows how important it is, and because I would say this without questioning, she loves you more than you love yourself. And so in the same way that she did back then in the weddings, in the marriage feast. In the same way she speaks to her son today, looking at our soul, and she perhaps goes and says, he has no wine. He has not love of God. He's going to lose his soul, or she's going to lose her soul, because she doesn't have what it takes. She doesn't have a good relationship with God. And my dear friends, like in the marriage feast, perhaps our Lord turns to her and says, What is it to you and me? How many times have I come to this soul and asked to convert? How many times have I speak to her or to him in the sermons? How many times have I given advice to this person on the, on the confessional? How many times have I seeked this soul out, giving graces and giving all kinds of inspirations, and I get ignored, and I get refused, and I get betrayed? How many times have I been crucified by this soul? I cannot speak to this person anymore. He wouldn't do any good. He won't listen. I cannot give more inspirations. He only becomes more guilty because he rejects them. I cannot inspire him because he will not listen. The time of mercy is gone. The time of grace is gone. I cannot do any miracles. I will not. I do not intend to do any miracles. Now is the time for justice. Now is the time for punishment. It is the time to have this soul go to hell. And perhaps when our Lord says these things, he's expecting his mother to say the same words that he said, that she said, at the time of the wedding of Cana. That's when she turns to us and she says to us, do what he says. Listen to my son. Listen to the graces that he's giving you. Listen to this last inspiration, perhaps, that he's giving you. 
do as he says. And my dear friends, through that request of our Blessed Mother, through those prayers of our Blessed Mother, our Lord gives us grace again, and our Lord helps us again, and gives us a little bit of that wine, of that love of God, just enough perhaps to save us, or as much as we will take, at least. This is the story of the intercession of our Blessed Mother for the salvation of our souls. How many times perhaps the hand of justice, the hand of the justice of our Lord was hanging upon your head, ready to punish, ready perhaps to give you the punishment that you deserve, to allow you to fall into hell, and the only thing that held that hand, that stopped it, were the prayers of our Blessed Mother, and perhaps the only thing that saved you from hell, the only thing that saved you from dying on that day, was that you prayed the Rosary, or that you prayed three Hail Marys in the morning, or that you prayed the Hail Holy Queen, or that you wear the scapular knowingly, knowing that our Blessed Mother protects you. My dear friends, going back then to what I said at the beginning, if the most important thing for you is the salvation of your soul, and the most, the most important thing for you is the practice of religion, then the most important person for you after our Lord Jesus Christ is the Virgin Mary, because it is through her intercession that you receive those graces that perhaps through your sins you no longer deserved. The devotion to our Blessed Mother then is not accessory, it is not something that you may or may not take. It is not something that you could decide not to do. It is not something poetic or something that pertains only to pious ladies that come to church. It is something that everybody needs to do. It is something that is necessary, as necessary as it is for you to save your soul. Let us today then, as we continue to Mass and as we read on the Gospel and meditate on what happened, see that if our Lord loved his blessed mother so much that he made his hour change he made the hour of making his first miracle change just out of love for her you can trust that he will also change your sentence that perhaps right now reads guilty to innocent to justified to forgiven through the merits and the prayers of our blessed mother and from here this then make a resolution never to stop praying the rosary, never to stop praying to our Blessed Mother, growing more and more in devotion to her. Because that day when you don't pray the rosary, that might be the day where the hand of justice was being held by our Blessed Mother, and if you fail to pray that rosary, perhaps the hand of justice will fall upon you. Never let that happen. And just in case that justice is threatening you, pray the rosary every day, so that the merits and the mercy of our Blessed Mother hold the punishment that is due for our sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.